Welcome back, guys. Another episode of Slinging Stones podcast. Uh, once again, we're back. We're back on regular time. We're back on the regular schedule. And um, once again, across the table from me, Luke, man. Luke, how you doing? Man, it has been an eventful week. You know, we ended it on some pretty high notes. We went and saw Jeremiah Castile speak, and then we saw uh, another young man in Odenville with just an incredible testimony. And it has just amazed me how every bit of everything that we've heard since last Friday has tied into today's podcast. Absolutely. Um, so big shout out to, you know, I, like, I think it's great what's going on at, at Liberty Baptist Church um, just with, you know, their men's ministry kind of kind of re-kicking off their stuff. Um, and then uh, Calvary Baptist Church up in Odenville, that was a great time. Uh, I want a door prize. I want a Bible. After uh, you're sitting there putting that off on me. Another one. So um, another Bible, but uh, really excited. Just uh, we love to get involved um, with, you know, men's ministries and just seeing what they've got going on, seeing, you know, how they're working, how they're going. And just it to me, it's a blessing when you get together with not only, you know, last Friday night, you know, 70, 80 men, but then going right to a Sunday evening where there's, I, I bet there was 30 to 60. At least. So uh, what an awesome time. What an awesome um, uh, ministries that those two churches are uh, doing. Um, but here we are. We're back. We're, we're going to tackle Romans. We kind of jumped ahead and had an episode last week, um, last Sunday, Obedience. Um, and that was kind of a special episode. We did it with... Uh, in a live Sunday school classroom, we were asked to do it. So big thank you to David Alexander and letting us be um, able to do that. Um, but now we're going to kind of we're going to jump back into verse one. We're going to try to go a couple more words. But like I told Luke right before we click the record button, I don't think we're going to get gonna be another tough one. It's going to it's going to be tough. So um, so some cool things coming up. Um, I think we have an opportunity you know, with Romans as as we're diving deeper and deeper into it, I think we have an opportunity to really um, not only find out what we are, not find out where we are and what we are in our faith walk, but also find out what we're kind of called to do. Um, and I think as we dive deeper into it, as we dive kind of further into where we're at spiritually, those things shall and will be revealed to us. Absolutely. Uh, you know, God, we've talked about before, God's put a calling on every person's life who's been covered in the blood of Christ. You are not called to be a sideliner. You are not called to spiritually lose. We are called to be victorious. We share in the victory that Christ has already won. You know, that was one of the takeaways from Jeremiah Castile's hour and a half long speech about being humble in victory. Um, that's what God has called every one of us to be. And as always, in order to fully engage in that calling, we got to get our prayer life on track. Yeah. So, um, Andy, would you like to open us in a word of prayer? Most definitely. So uh, let's go to prayer, and then we'll just uh, we'll dive in. So, God, thank you for today. Thank you for the blessings, the opportunities that we get to glorify your kingdom, to be men and women of God that 
are challenged and just, um, you know, have that we can persevere and endure the challenges of the enemy throughout the day. Um, he does try to try to corner us. He tries to put us in pitfalls and areas where we, you know, we, we struggle in our lives. So God, I hope that each and every person that is listening and each and every person that can, yeah, that will listen to this will understand that you are there and that they need to solely re- rely and, and fall on you and not try to do it themselves. But God, we pray for the podcast tonight that you take Luke and I and place us behind the cross and give us the words to say that are your words that will impact just one person. Um, But God, we just thank you for the blessings to have this opportunity to be on this platform and um, speak your word, uh, preach your word, and teach your word. And God, uh, I just thank you for Luke. I thank you for his... uh, his banter with me back and forth, and I thank you for his thoughts and his insights, and most of all, I thank you for his friendships. And God, we just thank you for today. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so guys, we are going into call what it's you know in 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 Romans one verse one we got through Paul a servant of Jesus of Jesus Christ, but now we're at the called to be an apostle, and you know there's a lot to that. Um, you know, an apostle is either a person who is set out or a person who is sent forth. Um, there's three things that are true of an apostle. Uh, one, he belongs to the one who has sent him. Two, he is commissioned to be sent out. And three, he possesses, possesses all the authority and power of the one who sends him out. You know, throughout all the new, throughout a lot of the New Testament, you see where, you know, it is stated, you are called. You are called. You are called. You who are listening, Luke, you, myself, we are called to do something. And it's pretty easy. It's a simple task. We are called to go forth and spread the gospel to all the nations. We are called to be disciples and make disciples. These are the simple terms. Now, you can dive into it deep. I'm called to be, me personally, I'm I'm called to evangelism, which is, this what I just talked about in two points. Luke, you are too. But being called also goes deeper in, goes right back to that obedience deal. If you're called, be obedient when you are called. So if someone says, hey, do you want to speak? You can't just go, ah, you know, I'm just not feeling it. You're called. God's calling you to speak and glorify his kingdom by preaching his word. Well, you know, and I love the way that you brought that out. Because the word called in itself in this context is deep. It's very, it's right up there with bond servant. Um, there we've, we've, you know, we've spent 50 minutes on what it is to be a servant of Christ. And that we just barely scratched the tip. Oh, yeah. Now we're diving off into Christ calling on our lives. Mm-hmm. So when you're a bond servant, if you're a servant to someone, it's no different than the phone you're holding in your hand right now or the one that's right here. When you, it rings, Did you really just call me out like I'm that? I'm calling myself out, too, oh. because mine's sitting right here. When it rings, there are certain people that you can hit the ignore button and call them back. Yeah. But if it's your boss, you're a, bond ser- you're a servant to that person. Yeah. If it's your wife, you're tethered to that person. If it's your child, if it's your, if it's your parents, yeah. if it's somebody like that, you're a servant to that person. You're gonna answer. Yeah. When God calls you out of out of hell, out of darkness, when He washes you in that blood, 
you have a calling on your life. That calling isn't always going to be the same for everyone. Mm -hmm. My calling in my early Christian walk was just to learn how to walk, to get my feet under me. That was my call. God called me into smaller ministries. And as I pick up that phone and say, yes, Lord, like David did, you know, what did David, when, when somebody called out for David, said, you know, here am I, send me. I'm your servant, David, send me. Yeah. Um, when God called Isaiah, he said, here am I. Each one of us, when God calls us, no matter where we're at in our ministry, it is up to us to make the choice, the conscious, as we've said, no telling how many times we've used the word intentional to say, here am I, send me. And if it's not sending you where, it's use me. Use me where I'm at right now in this season of my life. If you're if you have a home church and you're not serving, answer the calling. Serve somewhere. If it's being a door greeter, that's service to the house of the Lord. I would rather be a door greeter in the house of the Lord. I would rather be a toilet cleaner in the house of the Lord than a gatekeeper in the house of Satan. You have to make your choice of whose call you're going to answer. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the commentaries that, that I look through um, when studying, um, I loved what the next part, what, what it talks about with this little section. It said there were three forceful lessons in, you know, Paul being called to be an apostle. Uh, one, Paul said he was called to be an apostle. He was not in the ministry because he chose to be, had the ability, had been encouraged by others to choose the ministerial profession, or enjoyed working with people. He was an apostle, a minister of the gospel, for one reason only. God called him. Number two, Paul had heard and answered God's call. God did not override Paul's will. He wanted Paul in the ministry, so he called Paul. It was up to Paul to hear and respond. That's that free will. Number three, call, Paul was called to be an apostle. That is, to be a minister. Not, not to occupy a position of authority or to be honored by man. Well, like Paul, when I was called at a young age, I'm going I'm I'm to go on the full disclosure thing here again. I was called at a young age. I knew by the time I was 14 that God had intended for me to preach the gospel. At 14, I was terrified and I dabbled. And after I got done dabbling and saw what it was going to lead to, the things that I was going to have to give up as a very young man, I ran. I absolutely ran for the next 20 years. I ran. Yeah. And luckily, fortunately, gracefully and mercifully, God didn't quit calling me. He, quit, he kept on calling me, kept on calling me until his calling got so oppressive mm. on my life that I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't run anymore. I was out of places to run. I just goose bumped up remembering the day that I finally said, okay, God, I'll do what you want me to do. And that took one set of weights off of me, but placed another set of weights on me. Yeah. Now that I've accepted this, now that I've vocalized and verbalized within the church Yes, this is what God wants me to do. Now, what are you going to do with it? Yeah. Are you going to move forward? Or are you going to stagnate? Again, like you mentioned, we've got free will. 
I could have chose just like you could have chose the route. Eh, I think I'm going to veer off the path, path here and I'm going to fade to black. Yeah. You know, like some of these video games say, Bravo 6 going dark. I could have chose that. I could have chose the other extreme, stand up and beat on my chest. You know, look what God's going to do with me. But no, I choose to do what God has me to do. When God places opportunities for me to minister in, my li- in someone's life out of my own experience, I'm going to minister. Yeah. I'm going to take those opportunities, and I've seen you take those opportunities. That's what each one of us has to do. We take the opportunities that God gives us to minister in the calling that he's placed on our life. Not everybody's a preacher. Not everybody's a teacher. But everybody has something. Well, you know, we have to understand that every servant of God is called for two primary purposes. One, to serve and minister, and two, to go forth and bear fruit. To serve and minister, you see that in Matthew 20, 27 through 28, and in Galatians 6, 10. And then to go and bear, go forth and bear fruit um, in Matthew 3, 8 and Psalms 1, 3. But also you see it in John 15, 16, when he states, I, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go forth and bear fruit. And so we need to understand that, you know, it's 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 not a hard, it's not a it's not a job description you see on LinkedIn that's 10, 15, 30 pages long. It's pretty it's it's pretty simple. You know, let's take it down, simplify it, and and do exactly what he's telling us to do. Read his word, be into his word, talk to him daily with through prayer. And then present his word and and present him to others around you, because the best if a if if a if a scholar of the Bible walked into a McDonald's or a, or you know here locally here a, a Milo's or whatever if a, if a scholar of the Bible walked in and sat down at a table with a perfectly you know a stranger a construction worker like what I'm in and started presenting the gospel on a scholarly level, you think that stranger is going to get anything out of it? No. But if if you, you, I, whoever, sits down and is able to put it into terms of a testimony to what we know and what we understand and what we do daily through the Bible, that's going to resonate because we relate. There's, there's, there's not this level of education gap here. We relate. And... And Jesus' ministry was all about relatability. Well, and that's what we, you know, being called, that's what you're called to do. You can relate to someone. There is someone in your life that is not saved. You can relate. You can make, you can bridge that gap for them and provide the opportunity for that relationship to be started. The Bible tells us that we are created in the image of God. When Adam and Eve fell from grace... They tore down, burned out, and dug up the foundations of the bridge that spanned the gap between our relatability to God. Mm. We could no longer relate to God because we were then flawed and imperfect. We were no longer clothed under righteousness. We no longer had God's holiness in our veins. We chewed that up and enjoyed that fruit, and that was the end of it. Jesus came and made God relatable to us again through his sacrifice, through his perfect life, and through the power of his blood and the calling that he had on his life to go to the cross. 
because that was a calling. That wasn't a request from the Father. That was one of those, okay, you want to make it right with these people? Yeah. Here's the calling that you have to answer. And Jesus proved that when he asked in his prayer, if, if you can take this cup, if this cup can pass from me, take it, mm-hmm. but not my will, but your will be done. And that was acknowledging that it was a call. Well, let's let's go into the next part of verse one. He was set apart for the gospel of God. You know, this is the reason God called Paul, that Paul might be separated or, or marked and set apart to the gospel of God. Uh, what is the gospel? The gospel of the New Testament is the same good news of God, which is promised in the Old Testament scriptures. Um, read that in the commentary. Couldn't put it better, wrote it down. Um, The gospel is the incarnation of God's Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The gospel concerns two glorious truths. God and Son, God, God, Son, God and Son became a man, proclaims the divine nature of Jesus Christ. So, what is the gospel? How easy is the gospel to present? How, how, how are we, you know, people talk, well, I, I can't talk. I don't know scripture. Do you know what happened? Tell the know, story. Do you know that Jesus came to this earth, was born of a virgin, and, you know, walked on this earth for 33 years and in ministry? You don't have to know, you don't have to know every parable. You don't have to know every ins and out and minute detail. Now it helps to keep learning about it, but you have... He was crucified, he died, buried in a tomb, three days later, rose. That's the gospel, and he did it for us. He came to earth, he died, he rose, and he's going to come back. He's going to come back. So, you know, I think a lot of people, I think it terrifies them to think that, you know, I think they try to, I'm trying to figure out how to put this. This is, they try to put a slam dunk 100% A plus game out when presenting, trying to present the gospel. You're trying to, you're trying to make some kind of awesome, you know, you're trying to do a meme verse. You know what I'm talking about? Man, you just, you have no idea how this just worked out. That's why I'm sitting here cheesing like I am. Because what you're talking about is the exact same thing that God just put in my heart. Everybody, now that we have social media everywhere and social media clout and, you know, how many followers do I have and how many likes and blah, 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 blah. Everybody puts so much emphasis in that next great shared quote. Mm -hmm. I want my quote to be the one that's shared 50 million times. So it's like putting lipstick on a pig. It's still a pig. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you think that anybody from Genesis to Revelation had the thought that these words, other than God, were going to echo through eternity? Mm. No. They were giving their account of what they saw. They were giving their testimony of what they heard. They were obeying the calling that God put on their life to record the things that they had seen, done, witnessed, been a part of, been told. 
and had to answer to and be accountable for. Paul's writings, the, the when he wrote Romans, I wouldn't think that reading Paul's other writings, Paul thought, okay, I'm going to write Romans, and Charles Spurgeon is going to spend 21 years in it. Hmm. I don't think that Paul had that in mind. Paul was very intentful in, and emotionally engaged in what he was writing. He was thinking about the people that he was writing to, not 40 generations down the road in 2,000 years. Yeah. He was thinking about the people that were sitting in front of him, the people that he walked up to and said, hey, I'm Paul. I'm the guy that's been writing you letters. Nice to meet you. Now let me tell you about Jesus. That's what we need to be doing every day. Stop worrying about how many people are going to like it. Tell the story. Own it like it's your own. Because it is your own. Well, and also, under, I mean, also what we have to understand is Paul, he, he knew where he came from. He knew what he did. But he was quick to forget it and move on. That's right. He was quick to go for, hey, I have a new mission, a new thing. I'm not relying on the past. I will tell you that God or Jesus Christ showed himself to me so I could get away from that past. But we're not relying on that past. I'm not going to go back and tell you about, you know, let me tell you about how, how, how I felt when Stephen was stoned. He didn't go to that. He moved forward. And a lot of us, we we anchor ourselves. We put this weight on us. We just we drag ourselves backwards. It's like we're going uphill, and the anchor's just pulling us back. Every oh, two we steps want to we ice make, skate uphill. And 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 you know, and I think that's what hurts a lot of our walks. Is you know, hey guys, I'm a, I'm gonna be quite honest with you. Here we go. We all fail. You know what? Repent. Be be um. Be one hundred percent. Um, true to that repentance that you are, you know, sorry that you are just, you know, show that you, you mean it. Uh, God knows your heart, but repent and then move forward. We can dwell. We can dwell if we want to, but I promise you dwelling. Um, there's an old quote dwellings or, or it, it, you can use it with anything, but you know, dwelling, you can use it with worry, fear, uh, mad, Dwelling's like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but doesn't get you anywhere. That's move, right. Move forward. Move forward, but allow God. Give God the glory and move forward with, for God. Don't, don't stand still because standing still, you know, it, it's not time to be still. Well, you know, and, and here's another way to look at it. People who are bedridden. They can't just be left to lay still. They have to be moved around or they get pressure sores. Your spiritual life's the same way. If you allow your spirit to stagnate, to stand still, God will make a sore spot in your life to correct you, to move you, to motivate you. That's what he did with me and my calling. I, I have people regularly ask me, Man, how do you just walk up and talk to Jesus about to anybody? And it do you not feel uncomfortable? <laughs> Absolutely I feel uncomfortable. There's not a time even talk especially talking with people who know me. Mm. It's not easy talking about Jesus to them because they see my failures. They witness me stumble and fall. Yeah. But above that, I hope that they witness me witness me doing this. I hope you can hear that. You know, that's the sound. Dust off. Get back in the game. Yeah. You know, shake that one off. 
Yeah, that was a foul shot. That was a foul ball. It hung a hard right and ended up in the stands. But guess what? There's another pitch on the way. Well, and, and that's that's um, you, you went kind of where I was going with the analogy. I mean, you know, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning are great quarterbacks. Probably some of the best we we're ever going to see. They threw a ton of interceptions, oh, yeah. and they became they had a short memory of that failure. But they knew they had they when they made a mistake, a, a blatant mistake. Now, if someone made a good play, they kind of just gave it to them. But if they made a blatant mistake where they misread a call or something like that, they made sure to place a failsafe, a guardrail there to to help them not make that mistake again. And I think that's where we fail a lot of times. Um, when we do this, we don't place these guardrails to help us in life. We don't place an accountability partner with us, or we don't place, um, you know, a a you know a new route home so you don't pass by the bar or by the drug dealer's house. A a website blocker so you don't go to that website. A you know whatever it may be. A a a chance where you know you don't go into the gas station because you want to quit smoking cigarettes. Um, it, 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 a litany of things. If you place guardrails and fail safes in your life, I promise you, you will get better at not, you will hit the guardrail. You'll kind of rub it and go, all right, I'm mustard mayonnaise. You know, you start concentrating and paying attention more. Well, here's another good thought. And we are way off of where we were in the scripture. (laughs) How about this one? I can tie this one in with sports. People are called, I think, to excel in certain venues of sports. Let's just say, and I'm not a huge baseball fan. You like baseball, so you'll be able to help me out on this. Pitchers, someone who's got the cannon attached to their to their shoulder, got an absolute rocket. You know, you got this kid in Tennessee now throwing, what, 100 and – Oh, yeah, 105. 105 miles an hour. Good gracious. Yeah. It makes me tingle just to think about driving that fast, much less having a cannon attached to my arm – that can hurl a baseball, an object, hurl it that fast. Mm-hmm. Okay, so to be considered successful in statistics, what's your strikeout percentage? Oh, man, I have no idea. I mean, just right 50%? No. I mean, if you got 27 outs in a game, your strikeouts, I mean, you've two nine a game. That's a lot. That's a third. I mean, you know, so you're talking 30%, yeah, 33%, 30%. successful. Yeah. 30% successful and you're considered phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So that leaves 66% failure rate. Yeah. You can equate that to your calling to, to preach the gospel. 60% of the people are not going to be receptive. Yeah. 30% may. Mm-hmm. There is your parable of the sower. Yeah. You're broke down into three 33 and a third percent categories. 33 and a third percent are going to fall on crappy soil. 33 and a third percent are going to get eat up by the world. But then you've got that 33 and a third percent that takes root. Amen. There's your gospel. Man, we heard math tonight. There's your gospel. So now just to, you know, make Luke's day just a little bit better, we're going to move into verse five. (laughs) So we're, we're actually moving forward a little bit more, but that's, that's, that's good stuff right there. That right there, that will, that you need to write that down and expound upon it for your next time you're on stage. Um, you know, in verse five, Paul speaks and he says, you know, we went through the obedience section of this, but we're going to kind of, I want to touch on a few other things, but he says, you know, uh, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the, the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all nations. So, 
You know, Paul speaks of all believers when he says, we, we have received God's glorious grace, his favor, his mercy, his love, his salvation. Grace includes all that God has done for us and all the wonderful blessings he shows upon us. Grace, God's grace includes, and there's a litany of things, his love for us from all eternity's past. Ephesians 1, 3, and 4. His saving us, his saving us freely without any, any debt that we, without anything that, you know, in Romans 3, 24, without any cost to us. Um, His care and looking after us day by day. Now, if you don't think that, if you don't think he's caring and looking after us day by day, I promise you he is. Take a look around and take a deep, hard look around. Philippians 4.19 kind of talks about that. Uh, And then last point is uh, his glorious promise of eternal redemption, of our being transformed and being made perfect and and being given the glorious privilege of living with him forever in worship and service. And that's Ephesians 1, 7. So we've received God's grace. Um, so, Luke, did you want to expound on any of that? Or? Well, man, I'm just sitting here thinking about something that, that has happened in the last hour before you got here a few minutes. Um if people don't know where we're at in the setting, we're sitting in a different room than we've been recording in because our church is growing and our gym is getting ready to be built. And oh, the building that we're usually on is no hotter con- than the, there's no air conditioning. <laughs> it's, you know, we're in the deep South here in the middle of central Alabama and it is hotter than the hinges on hell's door in the rooms that we normally record in. It's too hot to be over there. So we're in a room now in our youth sanctuary which right across the hall, there's a group of ladies in their own ministry making cards. And your wife is over there. Jennifer's over there. Yeah, that's why we can't speak too loud. And, right? She, <laughs> they, they may hear us. They and we don't want to get Miss Penny on us. No. But Jennifer's over there. And I'm going to share a little bit out of, you know, our friendship. Jennifer's just gotten a new job. And anybody who doesn't know Jenny Lynn... That girl is wired all the time. And I know and I know her well enough to know that this transition is worrying her. She's anxious about it. So I just went over there and was talking with her. And one of the things that we can we're all called to do is pray for each other. Hmm. So I asked her, what can I specifically pray for you about? Because and I lined it out. I've been praying for, you know, smooth transition. I've been praying for you know, low anxiety. I've been praying for, you know, this to just go well. What can I pray for you for specifically? We can do that every day for the people in our circle. Oh yeah. Don't just say, Oh, you know, eh, bless, bless Andy, bless Jennifer. No, I want to know specifically, like I asked you today, is there anything specifically that I can pray for you for? Because I believe that when the Bible tells us to bear one another's burdens, there's where we start getting off the milk and onto the meat. When you start bathing specifics for people in prayer, you watch God work. You watch how God moves. You watch our God show up and show out. When you get people saying, okay, uh, my friend's going through this, 
here's what I know they need. Yeah. God, I know that they need your help. It's unselfish. It's not motivated by anything other than this is my friend and I love them mm-hmm. and I want to see their ministry flourish. And in order to do that, I've got to step into my calling that you've placed on me. And when I say me, I mean everybody. Every saved person is called to bear their brothers and sisters' burdens. I'm called to pray about these things. Yeah, It's not because I'm some kind of prayer warrior. I want to be a prayer warrior, but that's not why. It's because I, I hope that somewhere somebody is doing the same for me. They know that I struggle with a few things, and they're saying, okay, Luke's got this going on in his life. I'm going to pray for it. I'm going to pray for this specific thing and then watch God show up. And he doesn't necessarily take it away, but he makes it bearable. Yeah. He, my hope is, is that, you know, of course it would be great if Jennifer comes home Monday and tells you, man, it's been a great day, greatest thing ever. But wouldn't it be even more spectacular if she comes home and says, yeah, I met this lady at work and she's a believer and she prayed for me today and it made my day so much easier. Yes, I had hurdles. Yes, I had things that I had to get over and around, but God, mm. those two words, but yep. God took care of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's a calling. You know, but, you know, it was funny. You laughed at me today because I was like, man, I'm fine. And then it turned out I didn't have lunch and I was just hangry. Betty White. I had two milkshakes. Turned into a diva. I had two, two? two milkshakes. We, we, we went... To, I mean, cookies and cream, baby, all day. Um, so we see, you know, we go into, you know, as we looked at verse five, you know, this is like week two. We're tight. We kind of touched on verse five. But, you know, I think Luke, Luke really kind of hits the nail on the head on exactly on these next two statements. You know, we received a special mission, God's mission. Um. It is obedience to the faith, as Paul says. And, you know, it, 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 it is so important for believers to be consumed by God's mission to be obedient to the faith. And part of that obedience is praying for one another and being there for one another and, and you know, glorifying God and spreading God's, you know, word. And, you know, that's the one thing I could tell you is, I tell you what, you got a bunch of prayer warriors, especially, you know, on these two mics right here. And, you know, we're blessed to have it in our church all over the place because you can't, I mean, you send out a, a, you know, I'm hurting text or I need prayers text. It's happening. We got a good group. We got a a group of about, you know, we're not going to mention names, but four or five guys. And there's conversations. I mean, there's phone calls at least every other day. And we're, we're praying for them and, you know, trying to make sure that, you know, we're all staying on the right path. And that's obedience. That's that's keeping ourselves on the straight line, you know, trying to, you know, learn from what God's showing us. And, you know, I think. Uh, Man, that's spiritual networking. Yeah. That, 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 that's people put so much emphasis on their net worth in life. What is what is, what is Andy worth in life? Yeah. What's his net worth? What's Luke's net worth? But I challenge you to do this. What is your spiritual net worth? Mm. What is your net worth in the spirit? Are, are you using the calling that God put on your life? 
Are you exercising being a bondservant to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and the Creator of all things? Are you exercising that net worth? Because when you talk about the, the, the circle of people that we have, I have no idea how many people every day are praying for me because you've talked to you've talked to our our man Brad, you've talked to Ricky, you've talked to Jeff, you know, you've you've talked to Fuzzy, you've talked to all these different dudes in our lives. You have no idea how many people I've talked to. And, you know, uh, I'm a chaplain in a Patriots organization, and we use call signs. You have no idea that I've reached out to Padre, and I've reached out to Rabbi, and I've reached out to, you know, all these other guys. And it's nationwide. Yeah. You know, you say that you, you said that we've got people overseas listening to this podcast. Well, just that alone tells me that there's at least one person on another continent that shares our burden to pray, that they want to do these things. Yeah. And when you get this big spider web of people, well, what do spider webs do? They catch things. They catch these prayers. And before you know it, you literally have hundreds and hundreds of people bathing the same issue in prayer. Now, some of it may get lost in translation, but that's the beauty of who God is. God yeah. knows the hearts and the intents of each one of these prayers. Yeah, and um, you're exactly right. Now, I will give a shout-out to our United Kingdom and our Germany folks, awesome. who, whoever's listening. I mean, if if you can understand it and you get the opportunity, I, we that's great. That's one of those, <laughs> welcome, to the, welcome to the conversation with Bean. Yeah, we probably just lost him right there. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, so we, we're going to finish up here. Um, Luke will be happy to know that when next week we are going to be hitting on verse eight. I mean, we made it through, I mean, I mean, he's, he's stroking over in his chair right now. Um, but guys, you know, like I said, um, I've said before, we, we appreciate the listens, hit the bell, hit the follow button. Um, you know, uh, word of mouth is kind of how this, you know, if, if you like what you hear and you think, you know, someone around you will like it, you know, share it with them. Say, hey, look, we got two good old boys that talk scripture and uh, they do a pretty good job of it. We, you know, I'd like for you to listen to it. I have guys send me, um, I had a guy today, he sent me a podcast um, on this this sermon series that was going through Psalms and I listened to a, about half of the first one because I lost track of it throughout the day and then remembered it and listened to about half of it on a ride home and I tell you what it it was good I mean and those little nuggets that you know they may not come up in the search bar when we're searching a podcast and a lot of times when we get on our phone and we get on you know whatever it is Spotify you know whatever Apple Music all that we get lost in what we want to hear. And we don't challenge ourselves to, you know, try to learn something or, or try to get, you know, what have do we a need. To hear? What do we need to hear? There you go. There's where I was going after with it. But, um, no, guys, we definitely appreciate y'all listening. We hope, um, you know, we don't bore y'all to death. But um, if we do, great. Um, <laughs> so. Well, this podcast to me, you know, since we started this, it's all about Jesus. Every bit of it's about Jesus. Whether we're talking about things that happen in my life, your life, our lives together, or things that happened 2,000 years ago with Paul, it's still about Jesus. So 
if you're listening today and something that's been said has tugged on your heartstrings, answer the call. Pick up the phone. That's Jesus calling you. That's the Holy Spirit calling you, wanting to make a way for you to meet Christ. Or if you already know Christ, and some of this stuff you're hearing is making sense to you, pick up the phone. You've not gone too far away that Jesus doesn't love you anymore. Because I made a statement on social media last week over something that struck a chord with us and with me in the podcast was Jesus doesn't collect junk. He collects fine works of art. Jesus has never made anything bad. That includes you, even though you just, you know, made the noises that I just hammered the table. I mean, my you bad. know, my bad, my bad. But, but Jesus loves every person here, and you can meet him today if you don't know him. There's no special magic words. There's no there's no special prayer in the Bible. The sinner's prayer, yeah, that's all fine and good, but all you've got to do is cry out to Jesus, and Jesus will answer. It's never too late. You're never too dirty. No matter what you've done in your past, guess what? You don't live there anymore. Mm. If your past kept you away from God, we would not be reading the writings of Paul. Um, amen. We would not be reading his writings. If Paul had hung a mailbox and decided to live in Saul, we would not have two-thirds of the Bible. Yep. We wouldn't have it. Amen. Um, so as we close out, as we finish out this week, a um, couple things um, for all you guys listening. Don't forget Mother's Day. Don't get in trouble. Um, Don't get in the doghouse. But it is an awesome opportunity. A Mother's Day is a great, um, you know, it's a great thing. Same thing as Father's Day. It's great. Um, you know, just um, take time to celebrate, you know, your wife, the mother of your kids, your grandmother, your mother. I mean, celebrate them. Celebrate, you know, um, the godly women in your life because, um it's a very, it's a cool weekend. It's a special weekend. Um, we've got a great thing happening. I'm ready for my wife and my son to go to this mother-son dance tomorrow. And you know what? You can leave it alone. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. I see your face. Quit. Just, you know, you just be sure to tell them to get the clothes washed by Saturday. That way they don't have to work on Sunday. Who's that? The mom. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> I'm joking. Um, I'm joking. So with I'm that, joking. with that, Luke's going to lead us out in prayer. Do it on Friday. Lead, lead us out in prayer, Luke. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. I, I thank you for all the things that you give us. I thank you for the blessings, the ones that are seen. I thank you more for the ones that are unseen, Father. I thank you for the answered prayers that I've witnessed since we were we were gathered here last. Father, I, I just thank you for all those things. I thank you for the ability to laugh, the ability to joke, the sense of humor that you gave us, Father, but more so I, I thank you for the ability that you gave each one of us emotionally to fall more in love with you and fall more in love with your word. Father, your word transforms us. Your word makes all of these things in life that we go through, it makes it real. 
We, 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 we see that, as your word tells us, that there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing that we can go through today that there's not something in your word to help us work through it. And I thank you for that. Father, I thank you for my brother Andy. I thank you for the, the countless hours that he puts into this. I thank you for his diligence and just wanting to tear apart your word and see exactly what it means so that we don't miss a single crumb. So, Father, we just we just thank you in all things. Father, I pray that if there's someone that's listening to us that doesn't know you, I pray that something pricks their heart. But, Father, I pray the ones that do know you, the ones that feel dirty, the ones that feel that they're not worthy to dive into your word, to, to, to just reach for you, Father, I pray that you tear those boundaries down and you bring them home like the prodigal son. All these things we ask in your son's holy name. Amen. Guys, y'all have a great night and a great weekend.